Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 93. In today's episode, we talk to John Olick of Retro Ronin, uh, who is the developer behind Voxel Knots, which is a game that's currently in its Kickstarter campaign. Uh, at first glance, it may look like another Minecraft clone, uh, but on a deeper inspection, it's actually heavily inspired by the novel Ready Player One. Um, now, unfortunately, we had some difficulties with the recording, and I don't actually have the portion of the interview where John explains how it's like Ready Player One. Um, but uh, suffice to say, Ready Player One is a dystopian um, future where this uh, video game basically rules the world. And in the video game, it's, it's full virtual reality. And instead of it just being kind of one you know, singular world, it, it's actually... A, a galaxy, a virtual galaxy where every planet has its own rules and not just, you know, gravity and nature, but in terms of whether it's sci-fi or fantasy. So basically every world inside of this video game is its own video game. And that that's the vision for Voxel Knots. So sorry you don't get to hear John's explanation of Ready Player One. Uh, he really does a better job of explaining the, the novel than the novel does itself. Um, so sorry couldn't bring that to you, but anyway, Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. So here we're just going to jump straight in uh, as as John is talking about the game. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now on with the show. after I showed it to him, he coined the term Minecraft Metaverse. And he, he was very, I believe he was very fond of the idea. Um, but, so, so anyway, so um, that's kind of like the beginning inspirations for the game is Ready Player One and the world that they built in there and how it all worked, how you could have technology zones and you could have magic zones and they all kind of work together and you could take things from planet to planet and uh, you know the way it worked in Ready Player One was pretty warped in my opinion like first of all it only cost a quarter for anybody to get in the game which is okay that's not the bad part <laughs> the bad part is right is that in order to travel between world to world you had to pay for vir virtual fuel for your virtual spaceships right and that's just that's just not fun as a gamer I don't know what he was thinking <laughs> but, like, that would disincentivize anybody from using the planet system because you'd have to pay tons of money anytime you wanted to go somewhere. So, not sure that's the best idea. But, <laughs> lots of really good ideas in there, you know, regarding the metaverse. It was my first introduction to a metaverse, although many people were introduced to it, you know, back in the day in Snow Crash, which I believe that coined the term, right? But, um,. Yes, the rest that they say is history, but yeah. So we we made the technology. We we have a, a way of doing it which we believe uh, can actually work. Uh, we believe we're not suffering 
exactly the same problems as Second Life because a lot of the technology is similar in concept anyway. Certainly not in implementation. We've done it a, a bit differently, but uh, but in concept and you know you know learning from the problems of that um, and uh, and also like focusing uh, more on like planets and separate and rather than buying land, you know. You, you have planets and people can go to your planets and you have like total control over what happens over your planet if you want and things like that you know of course you know in order to build a platform you need a great product and mm -hmm. so we realized that you know in order to show this off properly we're going to have to build an amazing game to put on top of it to showcase it and then we're going to give it away for free, including the open sourcing it, so that everyone has a great example to follow. Awesome. So, <laughs> that's basically, I guess, <laughs> I, I don't know, I keep on talking. Why don't, why don't you ask some questions? <laughs> hey, it's, it's great, man. That's not a problem. Um, so, how, how many uh, people do you actually have uh, making this ridiculously ambitious game that you've got here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty ridiculously ambitious, but um, but possible, but possible, especially if you only focus on uh, the specific problems at hand. Um, but yeah, so uh, we've got I don't know, maybe around nine or ten people. But to be honest, most of them are not being paid currently. Uh, we hope to change that in the future if the Kickstarter is successful. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, but, you know, we have some really awesome engine team. We have like Anthony Pesh on the team and he's a fantastic, uh, engine developer and just all around really, really smart guy. Uh, he's a good friend of mine and, you know, I'm very happy he was available when I asked him. And, um, uh, we have John Sue on board who is, has a really unique art style who, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but if you haven't, you should go check it out. We also are releasing new gameplay videos about once a day, if we can muster it. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> and uh, showcasing new and different aspects of the game. Um, but anyway, you'll, you'll definitely see the JRPG, like, kind of, like, synthesis into the game. And the guy's a fantastic artist. Like, you just look at his art and you'll know, like, oh my god, like, like voxels can be pretty, right? They're not just like these blocky cube things. No, no, no. This has character. This has feeling and emotion into it. And uh, I think you're going to see that a lot. Uh, well, we've already done uh, a fair bit of this, but uh, in terms of just like elevator pitch, like, what is voxel knots? So. Um... Let's for, see. for somebody that doesn't, maybe somebody that doesn't know what Minecraft is, maybe doesn't know what um, you know, Ready Player One is. What what is this game? Right. So okay. So Voxelnauts is all about you know this uh, uh, this planet system, right? Where you can go in and you can you can be anything, right? You can make anything, and you can do anything. Now that's kind of very marketing, in my opinion. So, like, let's. let's when you get say more when you say anything, right? Anything. What does like, that break mean? Break that down. Because right. most of the time, it's not anything. 
Right. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, there's going to be some kinds of restrictions, but, you know, we're going to try to keep it as free as we possibly can. Like, we'd like to have, uh, you know, a total conversion capability where you can you can really do anything. It's kind of like, you know, if I if I had to... <laughs> right. Okay, I think I remember where I was going earlier. Okay. So, um, so with content creation, like, um, uh, you're going to be able to have all the code, right? So you're going to be able to write up anything. It's kind of like it's kind of like a Unity, I guess. You can kind of think of it like that way, with okay. that level of control, um, where you can go on your planet and you can make, you know, a bunch of items or whatever. And it's all, but it's like an MMO Unity, right? So it's meant to be. Uh, it works quite a bit differently. Like Unity is all for like single player experiences. Well, I guess you could you could consider this platform kind of like the Unity for MMOs. And so, um, a, it's a lot of it's based around like things just kind of working without you having to think about all the different things that you would have to as an MMO developer. Um, so you go in there. Let's say you code up, let's assume that you, you can code, for example. Uh, if you can't code, we're going to have to... We're, we're going to have a, a, a visual scripting system, but, um, but let's just assume you can code for a second. Um, you can go in there and you can make an entity, and you can uh, you can make it do whatever you like. You can make it draw however you like. You can make it... You can create your own pretty much anything it's like there's no real like limitations that really come to mind other than like you know uh running time like the only limitation that that i believe we're going to have and i'm not even sure about this uh because we could just chunk up the entities um yeah i, I don't know like well coming from say say we come from like a like a kind of a minecraft standpoint because I've played that, I know what that is. So expanding upon that, like Minecraft itself was basically just a playground. Um, mm -hmm. And have you ever tried to mod Minecraft? No, not myself, but I've messed with <laughs> some of them. So it's a pain in the butt to do Minecraft mods, isn't it? I mean, you have to go in there, you have to get the right version of Minecraft, right? And then you have to replace the, the various different files, and you have to do all this nonsense. And sometimes it still doesn't work. And it's very frustrating. And then there was this people, there was these people trying to create the bucket, right, thing, which is kind of like going to merge a bunch of different, like people could do plugins, right, for various different kinds of mods, and they all would kind of work together. And which is actually pretty cool. It's pretty similar to what we're trying to do, although we're doing it in a much cleaner way, in my opinion, much more direct. But, um, but I think that would be an, an interesting corollary. But yeah, so, um, but in any case, like, it's like you can go off, you can make a planet, you can change the code of, or or the algorithms, or at, well, actually, you can draw it. <laughs> Forgot about that. But uh, the the way the way the planet system currently works is that you can go in there and you can draw various different pieces of information about where things go. And so if you wanted to create like an exact duplicate of, you know, Azeroth from World of Warcraft, or, or, um, or uh, you can do uh, Middle Earth from Lord of the Rings, right? If you wanted to create an exact duplicate of that planet, you actually could. 
So you could just literally just copy in that 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 map data. You can go in there and you can make any kind of tweaks. You can say, oh, I want you know, I want a haunted forest over here, and I want this over there, and I want to put you know these pieces here, or whatever. You can you can kind of craft like the the overall picture, the big picture of things. And then uh, you can also like uh, uh, place like l- like specific landmarks and things like that, so you can kind of create structures. Um, but that's that's basically how that works. Um, and that's 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 just how it starts. And then what happens is that for each biome, right, that you painted, right, you would go in and you would write a little bit of code about how that biome works. Meaning, like, you you can modify the elevations. You can add trees, mushrooms, glowing crystals, different kinds of entities. You could have, um, you know set up different kinds of monsters and setups and put you know more difficult monsters here or there or whatever you can you can totally customize it all um as well as we want to uh i don't know if we'll have this for launch but we want to have the ability to do dungeons Hmm. like diablo 3 where you can take and you can build these pieces and then define the rules about how they're collectively put together and of course when we do that we'll we'll have examples for how to do that but um, so I think that when describing what we're trying to build as far as the platform is concerned is we're trying to make it easy so that you don't have to worry about what kinds of assets you create, how complex they are, like the triangle counts or what kinds of how much detail there are there is in any of your models or whatever. You can paint them all. You will, you will be able to paint them all in ZBrush if you wanted to, although that would be extremely time-consuming. Um, but you can create some really beautiful stuff that way. Mm-hmm. And and so we're we're using like these kind of like lower resolution blocks. But um, uh, and we would recommend that other people do that too. But it's not for performance reasons, because the the rendering engine can support you know any realistic resolution and um, but I would recommend that people use something similar because it's a lot faster to create art assets for mm-hmm. and, you know as a small team you know we wanted to uh, we wanted to make sure that you know we could actually deliver great content in a reasonable amount of time we didn't want to spend years and hundreds of artists making a world that's just not something a startup should be really doing. Uh, at least not one on an indie budget. <laughs> so, um, so you know, like most indies, we instead took a stylized approach, which is pretty evident from, you know, all of our videos and stuff like that. Um, let's see. But yeah, so easy. Anybody can do it. You don't have to worry about uh, the the ideal of right is is you don't have to worry about the the shape or the complexity of the various different things you create. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have a worst case model where quite literally every surface is visible, which is the absolute worst case. It would kill any other engine, but our engine uses it just perfectly fine. Wow. Um, so, and that's just really because of the ray tracing side of things that we do. And I, I already went through 
gobs and gobs of that, but you didn't get it recorded. <laughs> but um, suffice it to say, ray tracing is a really good idea, at least for this game, because it, it, it really eliminates the need for people to think about how they make their art. Um, meaning, like, in a normal game, right, if you could imagine for a second somebody's trying to create a planet and they're trying to make it VR-friendly, so they're trying to make it super optimized, and they were using triangles for whatever reason. And so they create this scene, and it's too slow. So they have to take this out, and they have to take that out, and they have to optimize this mesh, and they have to do that mesh, and that's just really difficult. I mean, it's really complicated, and it takes a lot of time to know and, and expertise to know how to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, ray tracing really allows us to not have to worry about any of that. Because uh, ray tracing is not uh, dependent on the number of primitives, which is like triangles, but it's dependent on the number of pixels that you're rendering. So it flips the problem. Hmm. Um, and so that's why you can have super complicated worlds. You can have, you can generate them in any shape or any, uh, any, any form, right? And uh, and it'll run all at basically the same performance. Say basically because GPUs are not perfect, uh, they actually don't run a single pixel at a time. They run groups of pixels at a time, and so um, uh, there is some overhead. Um, but, you know, we have pretty capable graphics engineers over here, and so that will definitely improve even better over time. But as it stands right now, you really just don't have to worry about it too much. We don't. So... Um, it also allows you to do cool things like uh, reflections. Like in a normal Minecraft game, it's really hard to do reflections because you can create, you know, a column of water, and so then you have multiple reflection planes all over the place. And if mm -hmm. you tried to render um, each possible reflection plane, you'd get to like zero frames per second in no time. So, uh, so what people do is like the alternative is to do screen space reflections, but that has while it looks very pretty, and when you're looking at it like exactly the right way that you're intended to look at it, you know, if you look down or look around, it, the illusion totally breaks because, like, it, it doesn't know what you can't see, right? And even the stuff it can see, it can only know to a certain distance, usually, in most algorithms, anyway. Mm -hmm. And and then it blends to a cube map, which is like, oh, well, it's sunny out, so we don't know what's there, it must be sunny. And... You know, that, that's just not a good solution. I always see that in games, and I cringe. I'm like, oh, God, that's horrible. But, um, but of course, you know, that's, you know, as, as a graphics guy, it's, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> maybe I'm nitpicking. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, you know, with ray tracing, you know, you can, and, and the fact that people create any kind of surface, um, of any shape, you know, they could have a mirror on the wall, they could create a faucet, they could create um, uh, <laughs> anything, anything, anything you want. You could have a vase, you could, you know, these are all reflective and it, it'll just work. Like, you don't even have to worry about it because it just shoots out a ray and it's, oh, I hit a reflective surface and it shoots out a different one. And, uh, and so that's pretty cool, which is always kind of like one of the big promises of ray tracing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was skeptical about putting it in in the first place, um, I was like, oh, it's going to hurt performance to do these extra bounces, and, you know, we're really trying to be really careful on that, and, 
you know, because I wanted to make sure that the game ran, you know, on the lowest, really well in VR on the lowest possible hardware. And, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, after I implemented it, which literally took like an afternoon, <laughs> is, uh, it, it, it's, it's totally worth it. It's fantastic. Um, of course, you could also do transparency, but, um, you know, rasterization, they have some special techniques that they do where uh, they, they do, like, pixel link lists where for each triangle that they render, they remember in a link list which um, uh, all the pixels that hit a particular thing. There's a few other options, too. But, uh, but anyway, that's, that's how that basically works. Uh, but then you could do, like, perfect transparency and things like that. But with ray tracing, perfect transparency comes for free. You don't even have to worry about it. Um, uh, that's another Bonus. good... Yeah, like, like in general, like, when you're using triangles to do a lot of your scene, like, you have to do, like, you have to spend a lot of time making specialized solutions for all these different things. Like, if you want depth of field, you have to do this approximation, which, you know, doesn't necessarily... Well, sometimes can look really good, but it's kind of slow, especially if you're doing, like, wide bokeh filters and stuff like that. Or, you know, if you want to do uh, uh, motion blur, you know, then that's another pass that you have to do. And then if you want to do, um, uh, like, see, let, let, let's say you want to do shadows, right? Well, with shadows, you have to render, you have, there's like a whole, like books, there's books and books on how to render shadows with, with, with triangles. And, you know, and it, they're, they're all really complicated because uh, it's not very easy to do. Um, you have to render in cascades and you have to, uh, you know, and there's techniques for rendering all the cascades at once in order to reduce the number of things. And of course, even that doesn't really work very well because you, then you have this aliasing going on. And let's say you have a long view distance, you know, then you need to do these really huge cascades and then the quality goes down significantly. Or you have to do what Crytek does, which is like have like some default thing that they render off in the distance. They render like one per chunk in every frame and and then combine that with the with the other ones, but it's just really complicated stuff, and like it takes a lot of time to develop this stuff. It takes teams of graphics engineers, you know, to, to, to make this stuff. Um, so ray tracing just kind of like makes makes people's everyone's life a little easier, which is really like I think you know that was kind of the direction I think Carmack was going in general was how do I make making games easier because it costs a heck of a lot of money to make games, right? So I want to increase quality, but I don't want to. Co- I don't want to pay for it, basically. And I don't. He didn't say that. You know, he didn't say that. But you know, right. that's just my interpretation. Everybody knew that's what he meant. That's, yeah. That's so yeah. So like you know, with with mega texturing, um, which is by another name virtual texturing, what uh, you know what that what that enabled is allowed you to do unique texturing on every surface, and you know which which given the right artists and the right amount of time allowed you to do some really pretty worlds which is what we did in Rage and um, I, I still think it's one of the prettiest games I've ever seen it's fantastic mm-hmm. um, Rage with anyway. Rage is absolutely gorgeous I mean even just down to the way things moved it was fantastic yeah it's yeah you know it's software dude they know how to make a great FPS so oh totally <laughs> Uh, but, the eleven, uh, the eleven seconds of Doom Four that they've showed off so far, those look absolutely marvelous as well. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, so, so anyway, so 
you know, that's uh, that's that's basically what it is. Is just make game development easier. Um, simple, easy. If you want to code your own entities, you can do whatever you like. You can make a sword. You can make uh, magic swords. You can you can make guns. You can make you know, and quite quite frankly, anything you want to make. Rocket launchers. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not being incredibly creative at this point, but. That's all right. Really? Well, beyond beyond the creation portion, is there like once somebody creates something, um, is there a game portion that goes out beyond that, or is that something that's also left to the to the person to decide? Once somebody creates a game portion, can you say that question again? Oh, you. So I make a planet. Yep. <coughs> Pardon me. I make a planet. I set it up. I get it the the way I want to go. What 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 happens then? Like with well, Minecraft, it's I make something I can show it to my friends. That's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, if you want to do that, but you can also build with your friends. You can you can generate the world with your friends. Like you don't have to do anything alone. Um, and of course, like this is just world generation. You could also make your own blocks. You can, you know, you can make your own, um, the you know, various different shapes and connections and this and that. I don't know if you've seen the video, but we have some tools that allow you to like specify how things work so you can make pipes and you can make um roofs you can make benches tables you make bunk beds and it all works with the same system and you you know and you just make these assets you don't have to do anything special for that um it just kind of works um i mean it's basically i mean what what we're what I'm getting out of all this is this is more of a it, it's like a creationist dream. If they wanted to go ahead and they wanted to to create, you know, kind of their own multiverse, their own their own set of worlds. This this will give them the tools to do it. Um, but it's kind of up to them as far as what they want to do. You're it it are is there any kind of a gameplay experience like provided by it, or is it simply a set of just super robust creation tools that, well, you, that you know custom- kind of set out there? You can customize as little or as much as you like. Like, if you prefer to keep, you know, the way, you know, Oasis works, which is, again, homage to, you know, Ready Player One. But uh, if you if you wanted to keep the way Oasis works, you can totally do that. It's open source. You can just take everything we have and change, you know, a few things. So you can make, like, a cooler sword. You can change the art assets. You can, you if, if you just want to change art assets, you know, that's cool, too, you know. I mean, that's cool, but I mean, like, I'm talking about, like... Um... From a, a gameplay perspective, goal-wise, outside of creating, like if I if I if if I wasn't the creation type, is there Ooh. something here for me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll be able to play all the. Okay, that's that's that that's what I was going after because a lot of what we've been talking about has been just the robust kind of creation side. Uh, yes. What what are we at? What what's kind of actual to play here? What's what's that right. part about? So as a as a gamer, right. We're going to be approaching, or we have been approaching, various different studios and license holders about licensing their IP um, so that they can go in and uh, create their own planets. Um, we've talked to Square. We've talked to, which surprisingly said, you know, maybe they want to make their own planet. Um, uh, but, you know, that's not... They, we have, There's nothing signed or anything. And, I, you know, there was... <laughs> Let me preface that and say, you know, that'd be really cool, but there's no guarantees. <laughs> um, totally, totally. Right. So, uh, but, you know, uh, we've also been talking to a few other license holders, like Traveler. 
um, and uh, uh, and possibly making like a space game with their IP. And we've also uh, been wanting to approach uh, Atari, which I believe we have, but I don't know what happened with that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they were interested. Um, uh, but uh, there's like a bunch of different places that we're going to be approaching to 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 license their content and then to make planets based around them, just like in the book Ready Player One. Um, it would be really great if Atari is listening to this, if we could take just like in the book, if we could if we could license adventure and make adventure in virtual reality in 3D and really like do it up and do a really awesome job on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be really cool. Um, as well as uh, you know, there's plenty of great games out there that you could just like do all over again. Like in the book, they also had Zork and stuff, which would be pretty awesome. I believe we have the trademark to that. I'm not sure. I think we applied for it. Nice. But um. But uh, but yeah, of course. Like in Conan is like public domain, so you want to make Conan planet, you can make Conan planet. I think we were thinking about doing that, and so, uh, so yes, that's right. Like if the the guy who made that Conan board game on Kickstarter, which was awesome by the way, um, <laughs> but he you don't have to pay any licensing fees for that. Most of, I believe because it's 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 public domain. So if you want to make your own Conan themed anything that's i think that's pretty cool um take it to the stygians yeah but uh but yeah like we're going to be approaching a lot of different people a lot of different publishers and developers and trying to get this ball rolling we really want to make the metaverse we want to make it happen we want to make i don't know like it's just really really freaking cool (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Awesome. Now, in the uh, the Kickstarter page, you, you mention um, you know one, one of your stretch goals is to to make a a second planet, Hyperion. Yes. Which is that based on the the Dan Simmons novel? Is that the Hyperion that we're going to get? Since we're we're going with books, because uh, <laughs> no, basic... if it is, then I'm I'm all in for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't released very many details about it yet, but uh, we hope to soon. But the basic idea is that it's a PvP planet, and that um, uh, is that there's going to be different warring factions and, and everything like that. And uh, there's, okay. well, whatever. I'll just tell you all about it. So, <laughs> so, so there's going to be an awesome PvP planet, right? Where there's going to be these castles, and they're indestructible. That's very important. And we're going to pre-create them and set them up in hopefully balanced locations, although probably fail at that. But and uh, and we're also going to create this terrain and stuff like that. But it's going to be a totally freeform planet, which means like you can build a bridge over their over their castle walls, and you could build blockades, and you could do all these things, and you can create this really cool like dynamic uh, dynamicism right between all the different factions of the players, and each faction is going to have its own kind of uh, uh, kind of theme to it. Where one's going to be like sci-fi, another one's going to be like you know medieval and, and so on and so forth and um, and you're going to be able to capture these castles all except their home castle of course and each castle is going to be of different sizes and have different resources that you're going to be able to use and stuff like that it's going to be a pretty awesome planet I'm really excited about Hyperion um, actually <laughs> it's really really cool 
Um, uh, but yeah, so there's going to be this big world. You're going to be able to battle for world dominance. Is the basic idea, and should be pretty pretty cool. Very cool. So um, dominance, hey, we can do that. <laughs> uh, what what kind of stuff are you going to be doing all in there? Uh, like how how does the the gameplay of attacking these other castles work, or will it be up to every faction to devise their own weapons and and that sort of thing? I don't think we've determined that yet. Okay, <laughs> but. <laughs> That was a very good question. Maybe we should do this again in a few months, and I'll be able to tell you much more. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so just, it, obviously the game is heavily inspired by um, Ready Player One. How many 80s references are you jamming into this game? <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> Quite a few. Good. Does Rush do the soundtrack? Uh, no, but that's okay. a fantastic idea. I if you totally... can get that, then I'm 100% on board. Dude, <laughs> I, dude I, I'm going to get off the phone and I'm going to email them. That is an awesome idea. <laughs> That'd be totally cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be chock full of like cool 80s references and 90s references. You know, uh, It already kind of is like an homage to old video games, Like just looking at it. You're just mm-hmm. like, wow, this feels like Zelda. And that's really like the, the the feeling that we're going for is like the Zelda mixed with Animal Crossing, and uh, and so we hope that everybody got that vibe when they watched it because that's what we were going for. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, it should be a pretty awesome time. I'm you know you know I'm super happy the way the Kickstarter's been going, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited about you know finishing the game and getting people in there and getting people to play it, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Cool. Now, obviously, one of the the reasons that you're you're doing a Kickstarter is to you know kind of get in with the the community. Um, why why specifically though go with Kickstarter uh, over other options for for funding the game? Well, Kickstarter is the obvious choice. It's the biggest one, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to get the most eyeballs, that's just what you do. Um, but uh, like uh, on the one hand. You know, like there's, um, it, it's just it's just the right place. You know, it's the place it's the place where I feel like you know, like creativity reigns like supreme. Like you see all these kind of like small companies doing these cool things for the most part, anyway. And uh, you know, there's there's obviously exceptions, mm-hmm. but um, uh, but you see all these small companies doing really cool stuff. I love to browse like the games section and the technology section. You know, I got a Pebble Watch, so, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's awesome. Nice. And, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I think, I think Kickstarter is a platform for, you know, creative people to do creative things uh, that might not otherwise get to see the light of day. Sure. And, you know, I, I think that our project, uh, exemplifies that we're not a big team we don't have like millions and millions of dollars in funding um we don't have a publisher right um we're trying to do it on our own and do it the best we can and so you know we do need everyone's support we need everybody to shout out loud and say we want this game it's going to be amazing Mm -hmm. and um and we hope that we inspire that we hope that all the content that we're going to be releasing 
and that we've already released and will be releasing will 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 help you know push that forward and and really you know really show people that like all the cool stuff that you can make like this morning we we released a video about the vox gun and it's this cool gun where depending on what you suck up it does different things it's kind of like um uh like luigi's mansion mm-hmm. right? but the first part anyway where you suck something into the thing and you're not sucking up ghosts but you could suck up all sorts of different things you could suck up uh like blocks in the world you can suck up entities so like if a bee is flying around you could suck it up and shoot out stingers make a nail gun out of it okay. and then uh, that's yeah. pretty cool yeah, and then and then if you suck up like a uh, in the video we showed sucking up a uh, a stone block. If you if you suck up a stone block and you shoot it out, like these cool spikes travel around the ground and towards like you know towards the target, like damaging anything in its path. And then we have another one where if you suck up a grass block, right, you can create temporary platforms for you to help you like traverse like difficult areas. And so like when we like the game's a lot about puzzles. Um, which I don't think we really showed a lot of that in the video, but it's really a lot about like puzzles and, and other integration in the game. Cool, fun action gameplay, but also a lot of like interesting things that you're going to have to think about. Hmm. Um, like there's this particular entity in the game that we made called an Og, and uh, just I suppose as a hint, we'll probably be doing a video about this at some point, but. Um, so it's an AUG, but it looks like an item drop, and it's a really cool one. Uh, it's got this like gold shine onto it, and you're just like, wow, what's that? And if you try to go over to pick it up, it runs away from you. Okay. <laughs> and so the goal is... Jerk. <laughs> the goal is, is how do you catch it? That's the puzzle. And it's not too difficult of a puzzle, once you get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you'd be surprised how many people don't get the aha moment right away. And... Uh, and then once you get these, right, you can actually place them as blocks in the world. And when you place them as blocks in the world and you create different shapes out of it, different things happen. And so it should be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we got a whole, like our first planet is going to be, we believe, going to be an amazing game. Um, it's going to be chock full of like old like SNES feel and, uh, you know, with JRPG elements in it. And with lots of puzzles, lots of action, lots of cool magic items and, and just combat that you don't really see in any other game in this genre. And, uh, you know, we, we, we really think it's going to be something pretty incredible. So if I, if I didn't want to create anything, if I, if I don't like creating stuff in video games, I just want to play Oasis, mm-hmm. I, I can do that. There's a, a, a whole game there to play. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. that's the point. Yeah, like I said, a platform without a game is like um, is just lost. You know, it doesn't know where it is. And not only that, but how do you know you're making the right platform? Right. right. You got to dog food it. Sure. Right. And so you know, we put together a team of you know really experienced developers to make that first game on our first platform. I, I kind of think of it like how Half-Life 2 was released concurrently with Steam. Mm-hmm. Steam probably would have been a total flop if it wasn't for Half-Life 2. So the platform is our long-term bet. right? Okay. We think that 
the platform will one day be maybe not as big as Steam because that would be like, you know, <laughs> way overly boastful. There's no way that could happen. <laughs> but we hope it'll be a big success someday. And we're willing to put our money where our mouth is, and we're going to we're going to make a first game, an awesome one, that everyone is gonna is just gonna fall in love with and want to live there. And of course, in VR too, you can play everything in VR. And so, oh, oh yeah, I didn't even talk about VR, dude. So, <laughs> right, like, and that's like a big thing because we're a VR MMO, right? Right. So it's in with, the name. I know, right? So, um, so VR, right? Um, with VR in a Minecraft game, right, or voxel knots in this case, it's very expressive. Like in like with Minecraft, you have lots of control of placing big structures, but you don't really have a lot of little structures. Like you can't put like you don't. I don't believe you can put like a vase on a table or make a chair or do this or sit down at the chair even or put a couch there, put a TV somewhere, you know, or, or you can't really decorate very much. And that's where the Animal Crossing component comes in. And, uh, but what's interesting in VR that I found personally is that when you're decorating your own house, it feels oddly personal. Like you're like, oh, I want to put this over there because I like it there. Mm-hmm. And and when you're in there, it's it's almost like almost like it it belongs, it, it, like you belong there, and it belongs with you. It's this really weird personal experience that it's hard to describe but um but i guess one day you'll 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 find out but i think that that is when i when i first started building stuff in vr in the game and i was like okay this is something new this is something different because you know now i i feel like i want to build a lot of stuff like much more personal stuff than i would before and I know I say that again. I don't know, but dude, it's really cool. But okay, so with uh, VR comfort is a big issue with a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you know, people get sick in VR, and they're especially cautious of first-person shooters in VR, and rightly so, right? When I was working at Oculus, there was a big push at some point to make all applications no locomotion, so you can't move. And I was very disappointed because you kind of lose an element in the game without locomotion. But, you know, I understand the reason why. I mean, the reason why they're doing it like that is because they want to make sure that people's first VR experience isn't one that wants to make them throw up. Because that would be like death to Oculus, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So, you know, I understand it, right? And if you want to make a game with, like, super wide mass appeal, you know, that's cool and everything like that. But I don't think that really fits all games. And so after that, there was this other game that came out called Lucky's Tale, right? Where there were some demos of that around. I saw an early alpha of it uh, internally before it was it was public. Um, but it was um, it's it's doesn't actually make you sick, not as much, and it does and it does move the camera. And so that's one possible option that some developers could take is this really kind of like slow moving camera that barely like touches anything and I, I think the reason why it works may be because um, uh, because the motion is so slow uh, and the world's so tiny uh, feeling anyway right 
that uh, that you don't get the same mismatch between your vestibular and what you're seeing. Hmm. It's not as strong. Um, but anyway, anyway, I suppose long story short, uh, you know, I at GDC I, I I saw the Vive for the first time. I, I got to demo it, um, and it was it just blew me away. That was the was like, that was the Steam. Yeah. Those valves, okay. Yeah, Vive, Vive was just incredible, and you know, Oculus had uh, uh, a room, you know, with some of Valve's old technology, which was I, I was supposedly even better than the stuff that, you know, uh, that they showed at GDC, and, uh, but I never got to see it because it was in um, uh, California and I was in Dallas, hmm. but um, but the Vive, I imagine, I'm like, oh. I'm like I get it now. I'm like, you don't really want, like, you want this walk around experience. You really, really do. And so, we brainstormed. We came up with a few different innovative, we believe innovative solutions, to, uh, you know, uh, to to allow people to walk around the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but while still having uh, no locomotion, so it's super comfortable. And the basic idea is, and this is still in development, so things may change. Sure. But the basic idea is, is that you're in a third-person perspective viewer looking at your player. And the player can walk around and you can control it, right? And you can tell it to do things. And then, uh, and then if it walks around a corner, you can press a button and you can move to another location. Um, or, or... Right? Another possible alternative is to point where you want to go. And so that's basically what we're planning on for, for VR and voxel knots, for the super comfortable experience. You know, if, if you're like me and you don't get motion sick at all, then by all means, do the first-person one. It's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Especially with the 3D controllers that you're going to have, you're going to be able to, like, literally swing your sword and you're going to be able to, you know, do all sorts of crazy things that you wouldn't normally be able to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you want that super comfortable experience, because you're, or you just want a different experience, I suppose, you know, uh, you you can do that. I suppose you could also. Um, I think we also talked about letting you go into, like, first person mode, even in the third person mode, just temporarily, just so you could walk around. You just can't go very far because you know there's the walls there. Hmm. So, um, other people on the internet have described some methods that are interesting where you know you can walk around a uh, oh it doesn't matter we don't have to go into that but the point is that the point is is that it's uh, it's pretty cool uh, very comfortable mm-hmm. um, we're going to be refining it we're going to be improving it and we're going to give a super comfortable VR experience that allows you to have a walk around experience it's going to be pretty amazing and that's not just walk around like you're you're walking around in the game, but more like what they were demoing at uh, exactly. GDC, where you're physically walking around in the real world, exactly. walking around in exactly. the virtual world. Yes, correct. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, now, as far as the, the Kickstarter goes, um, when, when somebody uh, funds the, the project uh, because mm-hmm. they, they want sweet, sweet VR... Uh, mm-hmm. what, what are they actually paying for? What What is the, the money helping you do? What is what is that money going towards? Oh, it's going completely towards development. We're, I mean, like, um, there will there, uh, if there's any money for advertising, or, you know, 
that's going to be totally separate. Um, but this is the money for Kickstarter is going totally to pay for you know, developers to hire some of the interns on and have them be full time and to just help us ship the platform. We've already we've already had you know a lot of funding to getting it to this point, and we just need to ship it just a little bit more. We just need a little bit bigger push to get us to the end. And so that's really what we're here for. We're here for that last push. Okay. And, you know, it's also, uh, you know, uh, helping us, you know, get all these planets. We have, like, I think, like, 59 planets that people have signed up to make, you know. That's a lot of planets. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Like, I, I, I keep on telling people this is going to be a metaverse, and I really mean it. Like, you're going to have 59 planets to go visit, all made by professional developers. Mm-hmm. Like, these people that are making it, I know some of them, and they are, like... Uh, you know they're 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 big big name developer people. They're not like small fries, mm-hmm. and so like this is this is going to be real. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, that's really really cool. Uh, now, for for anybody that that backs the the Kickstarter, what are some of the uh, the rewards they can get? What are what some of the stuff that they can get, or, or some of your favorites anyway? Let's see. I personally like the Choru mount, so I can, which is kind of like an homage to a chocobo, um, and because that's pretty awesome. Uh, although personally, I think the most useful tool on the list is the block blaster, and that's because the block blaster gives you the ability to do some really cool stuff. Um, Basically, we're going to give you an external tool that will allow you to go in and design a castle or a building or whatever ex- whatever you want, right? You're going to be able to put in your blocks. You're going to be able to to, to design this this thing. And then we're going to then you can send it. It sends it over to our servers, and you get something in your inventory called a block blaster. And this block blaster, you're going to be able to point at a location and put it there, just like that. So. That's, blocks. Yeah. So okay, you're going to be able cool. to rapidly make uh, stuff and put it into this MMO. You don't have to place it block by block, right? You can ah. actually go in there and you could have this awesome power of being able to do these cool things. And, uh, but that's, that's probably, I think, the most useful tool. But, um, but it, there's lots of cool stuff on there. Just browse around, check it out. And, you know, if you have any questions, you know, definitely hit us up. We're, we try to be extremely responsive, uh, at least when we're awake, and um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah. So we'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> Excellent. All the answers to the questions. Anything. Uh, Brian, do you have any more questions before we jump into the end game? I don't. We can definitely uh, jump right to it. Um, as we uh, kind of explained at the beginning, uh, we like to end with a little bit of a, a personal questionnaire. And mm-hmm. and you coming from such a uh, a varied background, um, I expect some real interesting answers to some of these. Uh, but first question, the one we prepped you for, um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Protagonist. Hmm. I would say... I know you prepped me for it, but honestly, it's a very hard question. <laughs> yep, it is. Um, geez. 
you know, I play so many games. I, you know, I, I keep on thinking back to like, um, like lightning from Final Fantasy, but I don't know. Like, there's so many to choose from. Like, Mario's a fantastic character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm kind of partial to RPGs personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, it's I, I can't decide. Honestly, I can't decide. It's 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 a really hard question. Well, okay, so so you're the first one you really kind of mentioned was Lightning. Um, yeah. Why her over some of the other like like protagonists in Final Fantasy? Well, there's great ones to choose from. No, there I mean, totally are. Oh, I think like in each game, I could say what was my favorite character in that game. Yep. Um. But even that sometimes is hard. But like, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's it's so hard to choose. Um, well, adding adding to your to your uh, to your mental mental quandary there. Um, sure. The second question um, flips yep. the coin on that and asks who your favorite antagonist is. Ah, definitely Sephiroth. Okay. Okay, see that that one was easier. All right. Oh, I'm heading some water there. <coughs> okay, as my lungs come out. Um, third question: um, Is there any particular trend or trope in video games today that you'd like to see um, expanded upon? Um, something good that needs to get that needs to to be better and go out more. Um, let's see. That's a good question. I'm a huge, you know, uh, I'm a huge fan of adventure games, like King's Quest series, uh, Dreamfall. I'm in back. Yeah, I love those games. They were fantastic. They were frustrating as all hell, especially yes. when like you would need some some one item to solve this puzzle, but you couldn't get it anymore because it was like way back in the game, and so you had to like load an old save game. Super frustrating. But man, when you solved those puzzles and when you got it all down and you die in every imaginable way possible. Like, it was just awesome. It was just, it was just so engaging, and the stories were so involving. Um, I'd say Adventure Games is, like, the one thing that I really like to see more of uh, that, uh, that aren't really, like, you know, being done very much anymore. You know, and it's a shame because, you know, wasn't, like, Tim Schafer trying to do one of those? Yeah, in fact, they just they just finished uh, Broken Age. That was yeah. the one that they did. Uh, they did over Kickstarter. Right, right. Yeah, you know, you know, that kind of had some problems, but you know, but more of that. I would like to see more adventure games for sure. Okay. Uh, flipping the coin for the next question: um, Is there any particular um, trope or trend that you'd like to see go away completely? <sighs> I I would say. Like when you, when you, when you have, and this is totally relevant because E3 is coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Don't show me a cinematic made by Blur Studios. Show me the game, <laughs> right? Or show or me. show me Blur first and then show me the game. Or yeah. Don't well, just cool leave too. me with just Blur. Exactly. Right. Show me the game. I, you know, yes, 
anybody can anybody can go to Blur with a million dollars and get an awesome trailer. I want to see the gameplay. I want to know more about the gameplay. Gameplay is like a lost... Games have lost their soul. <laughs> Not all of them. Not all of them. There's plenty of good ones out there. But, you know, there's some that out there you're just like, really? And... Uh, you know, I, I would just like to see more focus on gameplay and and less focus on cinematics. And uh, the, 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 here's the thing. It's like, you know, um, when I was working with Mark Cerny at Sony, like, he, he said something to me. He said, like, uh, that I thought was pretty interesting and telling. He said, basically, that what do people remember when they, when they, when they play their video games? Say so they remember the cinematics. And I'm like, really? So that's why people are doing more of that stuff? And yeah, it turns out, yeah, that's basically why people are doing more and more cinematics and less and less game. is because they want it to be more memorable. They want it to be more controllable. And also for asset costs, I guess. Because it takes so much money to, to make these games these days. You know, they want to make as little game as they could possibly make so they can sell it to you. And, um, and you know, Voxelnauts is actually the opposite of that. We're trying to make as much game as we can possibly make, right? Mm -hmm. As easy as we possibly can, but also really detailed and really rich worlds. Um, and so, but, you know, but it's just, what I would do differently is more interesting puzzles, stop dumbing games down, right? And, uh, you know, that's where I think indie games are really shy. Like, most of the games I play these days are, are come out of indie games. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But, yep. Yeah. Um, you've next question is uh, 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 a little more kind of esoteric out there. Um, you've had the chance to work with uh, some of the the best minds um, in the video game business. Um, mm -hmm. It's quite obviously it's quite obvious you're living your dream as far as video games go. Um, is there any other? In the dark, dark portions of your mind, any other profession that you'd ever like to try? Oh yeah, um, I'd say, you know, uh, I, there's a bunch of problems in the world today. There's global warming, which is bad, and if we don't do really? anything about that, that's going to kill us. And you know, there could be a meteor and it hits the earth and we're all dead. There's multiple reasons we could be all dead. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, it's totally super true. volcanoes. Like, well, yeah, or yep. exactly. Right. And so there's multiple, like, it's, it's all, unfortunately, like, you know, a lot of times they talk about, you know, uh, various different levels of a civilization, right. Where there's like civilization level one where they have control of their planet and level two where they have the control over basically their solar system and three which is like their galaxy or whatever right and like we're at like seven we've got i've got minor control <laughs> over my dogs right well, well we're, we're at we're at level zero we are masters of basically fossil fuels dead plants right mm -hmm. and you know and that's that's you know we're gonna kill ourselves if we keep doing that and so if um so there's 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 like if I could do anything, I'd probably, I'd probably go off and build rockets or find some way to, yeah, to get us, or to fix fix the problems in the world. I think I think that would be pretty pretty important. 
I'm going to tell you as far as as far as building rockets, you already know a lot of the right people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but it, it costs a lot of money to build rockets. Yeah, so. we, I'm sure we can kickstart that, and it'll be fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Um, next question is a it's it's a it's a work in progress. Okay. Um, we've tried a lot of different approaches to this. We're gonna try try. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go simple right now. We're gonna I'm gonna break it down all the way to to just what the question is. Okay. And I'm gonna see if that works at all. Okay. Um, you have the opportunity tonight, um, to play any game. You only get to choose one, and you only can play it for tonight. Tomorrow it's gone. What game would that be? And tomorrow it's gone? So that means that any game I choose disappears? Sure. Well, I, I, I kind of like the way that's going. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you get, to, you get a chance like, to play any game, I, 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 but tomorrow I it disappears. So you, I, you are going to be the last person or persons to enjoy it. Sure. Or hate it. Or hate so, it. Completely hate it. Right. I'd, I'd, yep. I'd probably play one of the, in my opinion, one of the worst games of all time, which is Cheetah Man for the NES. You, um, so you, you're actually you're going to take one for the team. You bet. <laughs> you're like, we're playing this tonight. Tomorrow, ain't nobody ever going to have to play Cheetah Man again. Basically. <laughs> Jonathan, I like this question. That's... I think this is the way we're going to go. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I like the turn that this takes. So, now, I what's, what is Cheetah Man? It's a really buggy, very frustrating game for the NES. Um, it, it was, like, shoved out, and it was really poorly done. The graphics are... It, it, just look it out. It's, it's really bad. Okay. It's bad. Yeah. Gotcha. Cheetah Man, NES. Oh yeah, I like the way this went. Okay, so final question: um, <coughs> At the end of our lives, um, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad is there with the Book of Our Deeds, uh, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? What was the question again? Uh, at the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, mm-hmm. and Toad, ever faithful greeter he is, um, mm-hmm. is there with the Book of Your Deeds. What would you like him to say to you? Before he lets you inside. <laughs> oh man, what does Toad say? That's that's the question. That's, that, is, that, yeah. is, that is the question. Unfortunately, my memory is not that good. I have no idea. I don't I have no quote Toad Toad quotes. Um, that's good. So you make up some. That's the that's the better one because everybody goes with the standard. Or a lot of people have gone with the standard. You know, your princess is in another castle. Oh right. That that joke's been played. <laughs> Yep. I've, right, right, right. Had other people suggest that um, that they would just eat Toad, which <laughs> is fantastic in its own right. Um, well, other people have gone kind of you know more soft and been like, well, you know, he like kind of pats me on the back and says I did a good job. Somebody, <laughs> some, some, someone uh, asked for an extra life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways this could go. Yeah, an extra life. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Let's see. 
Yeah, but now that we've said extra life, you can't use that, so... Right, okay, so... Because those are the, the rules that I just made up. <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> like, to, like to change the, the structure of this questionnaire on you at the last minute, so... Now it's on you. Sure, sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, an extra life is probably the best answer, to be honest. Or, best, or best the princess... Or or the princess is in another house. Like that is those are both really good answers. Um, <laughs> um Let's just go with <laughs> let's just go with the princess is in another house. Oh <laughs> grudgingly we'll accept that. <laughs> Put a mark on your board. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, but no, thank you. That is it. You've done. You finished. Cool. Congratulations. Yep. Um, I don't have. I have no prizes to award, so I, okay. I apologize for that. But Jonathan, take us home. All right, John. Thank you so much for talking with us about voxel knots. Good luck with the uh, the rest of the Kickstarter campaign, and have a good.